Hey everyone, welcome to the Fit with Fallon podcast. Today I have a very special guest. His name is Dr. Fit to Fat to Fit, but he also goes by Drew Manning. And I like to call him boss because he was my old boss on the show, Fit to Fat to Fit. He actually gave me my start, um, I guess, into the health and fitness arena, but on TV. And he is the author of, I have all your books, of course. Thank you. <laughs> fit and Complete Keto. There we go. Thank you. And um, he, well, you <coughs> are doing a new journey, um, Fit to Fat kind of two, or should I say three, or maybe four. I think it's four. <laughs> you have the TV show, you did it once already. There was two seasons and yeah. now you're back and it's called Fit to fat to 40. Correct. And you're going to be turning 40 in six days. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. Well, happy <laughs> early birthday. And I, I know you're probably so excited to give this birthday present to yourself of eating healthy again and exercising because from what I understand, the last four months, correct? You mm -hmm. have been going through the challenge again. If you guys out there don't know what the fit to fat journey is all about, Drew, can you please tell them? <clears throat> yeah, first of all, Fallon, it's a pleasure to be on with you. And it's good to talk to someone that understands fully what I'm going through because <laughs> you've been through <laughs> the exact same thing. So let me back up to 2011. I was a personal trainer at the time and I grew up my entire life in shape. And as a personal trainer, you know, who grew up their entire life in shape, in my mindset, it was so easy for my, in my mind, it was easy to get in shape. All you do is eat healthy and you work out and it shouldn't be that hard. And I had clients at the time that struggled to be consistent. And I'm like, well, why is it so hard just to put down the junk food? I don't understand. It's so easy for me. Why is it so hard for you? And so I really went on this journey to gain a better understanding of what it was like for the first time in my life to be overweight, to kind of see if I could relate to my clients and understand what their struggles were. And I, I went on this journey of fit to fat to fit for six months. I ended up getting 75 pounds in six months, no exercise, ate a standard American diet. And it was one of the hardest, most humbling things I've ever been through. And so I decided to write a book about the experience because I was so surprised at just how hard this journey was for me, um, especially on the mental and emotional side, because I didn't understand that side of it. I'm just like, yeah, you just stop eating the junk food and you go to the gym. It's so simple <laughs> until I did this journey. And it really opened up my eyes to show me just how wrong I was. And once I was humbled and realized how wrong I was, I knew I had to tell people about my story, about what I learned. And so I wrote the book, Fit to Fat to Fit. Um, the book became a New York Times bestseller. And then that's where uh, we sold it as a TV show to A&E. And that's where I met you. <laughs> so that's kind of the genesis of this whole movement. I wanted, I learned so much empathy, first of all, for those that struggle with, with being overweight and who live in larger bodies that I, I, I saw the fitness industry kind of approaching this whole thing from uh, the wrong way. We all were so focused on the physical aspect of weight loss, you know, macros, calories, workouts, supplements, exercises to do to look skinny mm -hmm. and thinking that would fix that person. But I think a lot of people miss the mark when they don't even bring up the emotional eating or food addiction or why people struggle to be consistent. It's, 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 so much harder on the mental and emotional side than people think. So I wanted to bring some awareness to that. And after doing it back in the day in 2011, um, it was a very How humbling were experience. You, in 2011? you were like I was 30, 30, 30 31. Yeah. yeah, at the time. So just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but it really opened up my eyes. And then that's where I wrote the book and then created the TV show. Because I knew that the fitness industry, I felt like it needed to change. And by having other trainers do that process, 
it could give them more empathy and could really help their clients feel understood. Cause I really believe that no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care first. And so that's kind of something that I've lived by and I'm trying to make a change in the industry by, by doing it the first time. And then here I am doing it again as a 40 year old um, for different reasons, but I wanted to revisit this challenge to um, uh, disrupt the fitness industry. I know people ask me all the time, would you ever do it again? And I'm like, no, <laughs> again. But when I realized you were doing it again, I was like, oh yeah. my goodness, I cannot believe he's putting his body through that again. Mm -hmm. You know, you really have to like change your life when you do this, when you're somebody who's active, who eats clean, you know, for a lot of people, they look at it, it's like, oh, that must be so fun. You just get to eat what you want all day. But <laughs> can you explain the downside of it? Because yeah. it's fun for the first week, but yeah. after that, you know, all those chemicals, they start to affect your body and your emotions and, you yeah. know, many, many other things. Can you explain? <laughs> oh, 100%. So let me kind of go back to my first experience and I'll kind of tie it into what I'm doing now, what I'm experiencing that's different. So back then I thought I was, I went into it thinking, oh, this is going to be fun. Kind of like a lot of people on the show, like you guys are like, oh, this is awesome. I get a drink and eat whatever I want. <laughs> and it's fun for about a week. And then you're like, damn, I still have another, you know, for me, five and a half months of this. And you guys had like three months. And so it really, it really um, is way harder than people think. And I think you guys realize that on the show is you start to eat this, this unhealthy food and yeah, you gain weight physically, but it starts to affect you mentally, emotionally. And it starts to affect your mindset of how you view yourself, how you view other people. And it starts to change your hormones because it affects your sleep. And when your sleep is affected, your hormones shift. When your hormones shift, you're not the nicest, happiest version of yourself. And so <clears throat> it really does play a role into the mental and emotional uh, aspect of transformation. And it affects you way more mentally and emotionally than, than, than people think. And this is kind of why I wanted to do it again the second time was because back in 2011, social media wasn't what it is today uh, to the point where now there's so many more platforms people can see what's happening uh, kind of like it's a TV show, like, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. watching you every day. I feel like, yeah, TV. yeah, exactly. But what we did with you guys on the show is we, we condensed eight months worth of footage into 45 minutes, which you're missing so much, so much. There was so much footage <laughs> that they did not add in. So yeah, you're, you're exactly on point when you're saying like you miss out on so much. So we get to see you literally yes. day by day go through so. it. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to do the second time to really capture the mental emotional effect. And I think people are really uh, becoming more aware of just how eating this unhealthy food doesn't just make you gain fat. If that's all it did, it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. But because it affects you in so many other ways than you can imagine, it affects you as a mom or dad or spouse or sibling or business owner or an employee, like you're not the best version of yourself when you're not taking care of your physical health because that physical health carries over into how you operate mentally and emotionally and it's all tied together instead of it being separate. And so doing it a second time has been, I thought it was gonna be easy to be honest with you. I'm like, oh, I got this, I've done this before. You've done it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was way harder than I thought it was gonna be. And I kind of like, man, I bit off more than I, and then I could chew with this journey thinking, oh, I know how, I know what to expect. I know what's gonna happen, but no, it humbled me even more. Really? Show, but it's even more powerful this time around because now I'm pulling all these lessons, these deep-seated lessons for myself, and now I can more effectively help the masses because I can relate to their struggles so much better and be able to help pull them out of those situations where before I'm like, I kind of get it, but now I'm like, I really get it. 
does that make sense? And so it's been way more powerful, even though I had to go through hell and back this time around, which we can talk about the details of that. But it's been so eye-opening. And like you said, I can't wait for this part to be over because <laughs> I just miss the feeling of being healthy. I miss sleeping through the night, waking up with energy, uh, focus throughout the day, better digestion, um, you know, more of a positive mindset, happier mood. I'm not as reactive. I have more patience with my daughters, um, those types of things. Um, and so I just, I just miss the feeling of being healthy. And so I'm excited for that journey back. Yeah, I remember counting down the days literally. <laughs> I'll never forget um, the one of the executive producers, Dan, he, yes. I think it was after two months, he took me in his office and he was asking me like, how is it going? You're not gaining weight quick enough. Are you oh. eating? <laughs> and then the door opened and they came in with like a, a chocolate covered brownie with ice cream and he literally made me eat it in front of him because he didn't believe that I was eating enough. Yeah. I think what he didn't understand and a lot of people don't understand when you're embarking on this journey for the first time, when you've been athletic all your life and outgoing, you have a faster metabolism. Yeah. So it takes so much longer to slow down. But yeah. after I think think I think month 3 that's when it just started like rolling on me, like the fat rolls <laughs> just started. Like, and, and, but it, it took a while for my body to, you know, stop fighting. And, yeah. you know, so did you find that with you or did you just pack on the pounds right away? Because I know the you know, first week you pack on the pounds. Yeah. Then after that, it kind of slows down. Yeah, it's so interesting. So compare, I'm kind of comparing both journeys of, of like the, you know, the weight gain process. For me, um, no, I actually made some big, big gains in the beginning because was, I went from one extreme to the other extreme. But I feel like in the middle of the road is where my body struggled, where, okay, now I've adapted to this lifestyle. I'm, I've adapted to no exercise and X amount of calories per day. Your body adjusts to that. So my gains haven't been as big. I've actually, there's been weight, uh, weeks where I've lost weight on this journey. And yeah. then there's been weeks where like two weeks ago, I think I gained 0.2 pounds. Yeah. And like you, I would have hated to have that pressure from the producer. Like, I want to see you eat this, like right here. I like, no, trust me, I'm trying, I'm trying. Yeah. It's just your body sometimes goes through these um, phases of adjusting and adapting and you're not always gonna see the results. Kind of like when you lose the weight, it's like, hey, I'm eating less calories, I'm working out every day. It doesn't always equate to a linear weight loss like people think it does. And week to week, the, the results are gonna fluctuate, but you ended up gaining like 40 pounds, right? I gained 45 points. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so much for I someone your size. So out of all the girls on both seasons. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And so it wasn't easy to gain the weight. And so this time around, it's been interesting. I feel like my pace is ahead of what it was back when I was 30 when I first did it. So I feel like I'm ahead of pace now, even though I'm doing it for a short amount of time, four yeah. months versus six months. I still feel like if I would have gone for six months, I probably would end up getting more than I did yeah, the first yeah. time. Plus I'm older, you know, I'm 40 years old. So that's why I wanted to do it again. What made you choose four months and not six months? It was because of the TV show. Because oh, okay. the, the way I looked at it was like, man, six months is a long time. And people kind of lose interest after a certain period of time. And I feel like four months is enough time to really show the fat, like the difference. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't feel like the need to go six months. Yeah. Four months is long enough for me of hell. <laughs> you yeah. actually look pretty good from here down, but I oh, yeah. follow you on Instagram. So you guys, if you haven't seen Instagram, 
go over there. He he's gained a lot of weight. How much weight yeah. have you so far? Uh, 55 pounds, uh, 56 pounds, 56 pounds, sorry, uh, so far. And I have one more week to go. So we'll see if I can hit that 60 pound mark. But yeah, I, I don't gain a lot of it in my face and my shoulders kind of stay the same size. I mean, if you could see my boobs, which you can't right now, they're pretty big right now. <laughs> but down below, yeah, my, my belly, my butt is huge. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, <laughs> the struggle's real. <laughs> wow, but that's a lot of weight in such a short amount of time. And again, yeah. like you were saying, you know, from going one extreme to another, that's yeah. a massive amount of weight. You mentioned the emotional toll and the psychological toll. When I did yeah. the show, obviously, you know, what happened to my client, JD, he ended yeah. up quitting. And a lot of people, you know, would DM me and ask me like, oh, aren't you upset at him? And yeah. Initially, I was, but coming off of the show, like you said, you gain so much empathy when you're in that position. And if I could change one thing about that TV show, I wish there was a psychiatrist or a psychologist on the show mm -hmm. that yeah. they made all the clients and even the trainers go to because I know one of the girls on my season, she ended up quitting um, the weight gain yeah. for, because mentally it was too much for her. So what are you doing to mentally stay sane during this process? <laughs> That's so, such a good question, Fallon. And I don't know if I am sane. I do feel a little bit crazy, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I do have uh, a couple therapists that I've been seeing for a while that have really helped me through it. But I thought, you know, me, I would continue meditating. I would continue journaling and doing a gratitude list. I feel like I'm more self-aware. I have way more tools. Uh, I've learned over the years since I was 31. You know, I went through a divorce and, you know, hired life coaches and therapists to help me. And then I left my religion. There was all these personal development, self-help type things that I needed to do to get to the version of who I am today. So I feel like I have a lot more tools at my disposal, but I kind of compare it to a burning building. Like my life is a burning building and meditation is like a bucket of water or gratitude. This is like a bucket of water. Like, yeah, <laughs> it helps a little, but it doesn't put out the fire completely. And so I've just had to come to terms like with, I kind of, uh, you know, a few months ago or a few months before I started this, I did a hundred mile run in 24 hours. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever done physically and mentally, because I really had to train my brain to push through those hard and comfortable moments where you want to quit, you're hurting, you want to give up, it's too hard. And I've kind of had to push through that. This is a similar thing where there's been moments during this journey where I'm like, I, I don't know if I could keep going. And, you know, I went through a breakup recently that was really hard emotionally. And I'm like, do I still want to keep going? Do I want to finish this? Is this I was just going to ask you about the relationship because sure. on my season, I mean, I was in a relationship. There was a lot of us in a relationship. <laughs> the end of the yeah. show, not in a relationship anymore. <laughs> so, did, you, uh, did you break up with your boyfriend? That, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I'm married to an amazing man now. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I and I was so scared for the cameras to see because it was right at the end at the finish yeah. line where we broke up. And, and I mean, I not that the show made us break up, yeah. but I think if you don't have a quality foundation in a relationship, yeah. this experiment is going to test it. It's kind of <laughs> like, you know, the housewives, they always yes. say that like all of them go through so many divorces. It's because yeah. You have to have a good foundation, and we just didn't. So yeah. what do you think affected your relationship the most? Was it the hormones? Because I know we discussed, you know, your hormones changed, or <clears throat> there more to that? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. Like you said, I think 
we, we you know we, it's not like we didn't have issues and all of a sudden we had issues yeah. we had issues before this my hope is that we would resolve those things or they would be a good solid foundation but this journey kind of exposed those things and amplified our issues to the point where like I'm definitely a, a different version of myself. I'm more hormonal. And that's the thing, like what I try and describe to people that don't understand, like, well, why don't you just work it out? Why don't you just be nice? Or it's like, look, <laughs> I'm trying. If anyone out there is listening that has a newborn baby, you could try to be the most happy person in the world. But if you're sleep deprived for two weeks in a row or three weeks in a row and people are saying, oh, why aren't you nice? It's like, look, I haven't slept in, I, haven't, I don't feel like I've slept you know quality sleep in a long time your hormones shift you're in survival mode constantly so you, when you're in survival mode you don't handle stress as well as you used to so your 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 cortisol levels are through the roof your any kind of stressful situation becomes a big stress, stressful situation and you can only handle so many of those per day so between my girls between my girlfriend at the time between this journey there's so many stresses going on and it's amplified by my hormones and me being the way I am to the point where I'm less patient or maybe I'm more reactive or I'm not as patient, you know, as nice as I used to be. And so even my daughters talk about like, man, daddy, we can't wait for you to get back to fit because <laughs> you're so much nicer. And I'm like, <laughs> so I think this journey just amplified a lot of the issues we already had. And it just became too much for both of us to continue on. It was just, it was just too much for us to handle. Um, so man, it's, it's, it's freaking rough. Like I said, I didn't, anticipate this happening i didn't plan for that to happen it's like and plus i think this year has been one hell of a year in yeah, so that's many what ways I was say. I was like, not only did you plan to do this but <laughs> during the pandemic even i you know yeah being locked in the house not having you know access to the gym like i always yeah. had before mentally it's affected me and you speak of hormones like we women, we have a lot of hormones as it is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's played a big toll on just my emotions and my hormones. So yeah, this is, I commend you for, you know, not quitting and actually going through this and committing. Was there anything else that this journey brought up with you? Any issues, you know, other than the relationship? So, you know, I'm married now. So mm -hmm. I've, this is, it's, a year, maybe a year and a half that we've been married. Yeah. And you know, the honeymoon phase is amazing. <laughs> when you're engaged, it's amazing. And it's still yeah. amazing. But when you're married, you know, I started noticing issues that I thought I dealt with years ago in my childhood start yeah. coming up. And I'm wondering, do you, did you notice anything come up this time around doing it the second time around that you might have thought weren't there or that you could suppress before? Yeah, really good question. That's This is a deep question too. So like I said, I feel like I've done a lot of work on myself over the years to get to a place where I'm at peace with myself, I'm at peace with who I've become. And, uh, you know, I've put out a lot of those triggers. Like, like I used to be very triggered in the past and I feel like I've worked on those to the point where like, okay, I see that that usually is a trigger for me, which causes me to react. I've worked on like, not letting those things trigger me mm -hmm. going into this journey i'm like oh i got this i know what to expect it's not gonna be that hard i'll just meditate and, yeah, and yeah. i'll be fine <laughs> and now i'm in this and i'm like holy shit like i don't know if i can cuss but holy crap but like <laughs> I, I feel like if you feel like you're an enlightened person do fit to fat and see how if you're still enlightened <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it, it just brought up a lot of things where like i thought things wouldn't trigger me but i do notice that i'm still triggered 
Um, and and it, it's harder, like, even though I have the awareness to be like, look, I know what's happening. I know like how to stop myself normally. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, this feels like a burning building where I'm putting all these, you know, buckets of water on it, but it's still there. Yeah. And um, that's how powerful this journey is. Like yeah. you could have like the best intentions, you could have the best meditation practice, but this physiological change that's happening in, in my body and my mind and this is why I have so much empathy for people that struggle with transformation because yeah. we want to just scream at them, like, stop doing these horrible things, like, stop doing these bad things to your body and you'll be so much better. Yeah. It's like, yeah, people want to do that, but the uh, emotional and biological pull to these, you know, unhealthy behaviors is really powerful in these moments where we've programmed our brain to reach for the food or the yeah. drugs or the alcohol to numb our pain. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is like, that's why I have so much empathy for people that struggle. It's not as simple as just putting down the junk food. And even deeper than that, I think Mm -hmm. this year, what even showed me was, so people can turn to food to cope and, you know, um, eat their feelings. I realized I was turning to the gym Mm, to cope (laughs) and hide my feelings. So first in the morning, go wake up, exercise. So I didn't get to spend a lot of time with myself because it was like, boom, boom, endorphins flowing, you're feeling good. But when you can't do those things and you have to sit inside yourself, so I think it could go both ways. You know, I think you can be addicted to the being in control, eating clean and working out and then the opposite, not being in control and eating your feelings. So it's this, this whole journey is very interesting Mm. on both sides. So yeah, I can definitely understand what you're going through. And one thing that I learned too was um, after my journey was I gave so much sympathy and empathy to other people, but I had to learn to give it to myself. Yeah. You know, like everything you're going through on this journey, like you, even though it's your second time around, you know, you're a different person. Like you said, you're, you know, your, even your body is different and probably responding differently. So giving yourself a little empathy and sympathy along the way is really important too. It is. And it's, it's really, it's been really hard for me to do that because I put a lot of pressure on myself. I have a lot of stress, stress on my, because when I did it back in 2011, all we had was Facebook and there was no like Facebook live. There was no like Insta stories. There was no like other. (laughs) Yeah. And nowadays it's, it's so much pressure to perform on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Insta stories, TikTok, YouTube, like there's all these things you have to do. And I feel like there's a lot more pressure. And so I'm like, all right, I got to be on it. But other times I'm just like, you know what? I feel just like taking a nap. Like, Like I have no energy to show up for my daughters or you know the relationship I was in I'm just like I just don't have that mental capacity like that I, I did and so it is hard because I you know put pressure on myself and um but there are moments where I can take a step back and have that empathy and be like look you're doing your, the best you can you can't put pressure on yourself you can't control everything like the way people react and so that's why a lot of work like therapy like it's nice to have that along this journey to help you navigate those mental and emotional challenges on top of the physical challenges that you're already yeah. going through. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. <laughs> you mentioned in some of your interviews going through this portion of your journey that you are struggling with your self-esteem, you know, being as confident as you were mm-hmm. when you were um, thinner. Why yeah. do you think that is? You've been here before. Why do you think you, you're struggling with that portion of it? Yeah, well, to be totally honest, 
I, I don't struggle as much this time versus the first time. So the first oh. time I did it, yeah, the first time I did it was a huge wake up call. I was, my body image was my self image, meaning uh. like my body drew the fake eye was my identity. That's who I was in my brain. And when I got overweight the first time in my life, I freaked out to the point where I wanted to go explain to strangers like, hey, I'm not really overweight. This is just an experiment. Like I wanted I to explain to people. <laughs> I'm a trainer, but I swear I'm not this heavy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like you want to explain to people your situation this time around i feel like i'm not as uh, obsessed about that i'm not uh i don't have as much uh issues with my self-esteem i will say this i do find moments where i'm a little bit self-conscious like i went to hawaii over thanksgiving uh recently and i was this time around i was able to take my shirt off and, and walk around just fine Yay. the first time i wouldn't have even gone to the beach or if i did i would have a big huge loose black t-shirt to cover up everything. This time around, I felt more confident walking around with my shirt on. And it's so interesting, Fallon, because now people are like, yeah, you look like a dad bot. Like, you got the dad bot. <laughs> like, you look, you look normal. <laughs> but for me, I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm usually this. Like, But I didn't feel this time around I was as self-conscious, but there have been moments of that. And here's why I think people struggle with that who have always been fit, is their body image becomes their self-image because society put so much emphasis and value on being good looking physically that we kind of hold that uh, value about ourselves because people, other people value that. So we think that's important. So we're like, oh yeah, I'm this fit person because people like that and they give me good feedback about that. And therefore I like myself because of that, but we don't know how to separate that so that if we do become overweight or like for women that do have a kid and it changes their body, they struggle with that love because they're like, no, I used to be this and now I'm this and I can't love myself this way. That's the problem with putting your body image as your self image. So luckily I've done a lot of work on myself and I know that now, um, you know, on the journey back to fit, my body's temporary. Like I know that my body can do these amazing things. I know I'll get back to fit, but I'm not as attached to my body being this way forever like I was the first time. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of your body, what are doctors telling you this second time around? Because you've done it before. I know the first time you actually had an alcoholic fatty liver because of it in such a short amount of time. So do you know if there's anything going on in the body that's like not healthy? Are doctors telling you like this is going to have repercussions after you're done, even when you lose the weight? Yeah, really good question. So I am working with the doctor very closely this time around. We're doing a blood work every single month. The first journey, I remember I went on Dr. Oz and they did a, a ultra scan, ultrasound mm -hmm. of my liver. And at the time I was uh, very religious. I was Mormon. I didn't drink alcohol. So they said I had a non-alcoholic fatty liver, which is what happens to one in three Americans because of the amount of soda that we drink and the amount of processed sugar that we eat in our country it can do the same type of damage as if you're an alcoholic, which is scary. This time around, I definitely have the same thing happening, but I am drinking alcohol <laughs> to make it even unhealthier. Um, but, you know, my blood pressure is, is, is getting up there. My testosterone went from about 600 to the low 200s, which isn't fun or, you know, that's why I'm so emotional all the time. Because <laughs> my testosterone is dropping. Um, other than that, I don't really have any serious health issues, my doctor said, but he did say this. He said, he said if you lived this lifestyle like a large percentage of americans do for years or decades this is where we see people with type 2 diabetes and all these other health issues 
because they don't change their lifestyle. They live what I, the way I'm living, you know, constantly for, you know, 80% of their life, they're living this way. No wonder people in their 20s are burning out their insulin levels to the point where now they're insulin resistant in their 20s or even teenagers now yeah. who have to be on medication for type 2 diabetes yeah. and all this stuff could be prevented. So he's like, you're just, you're just an average American now, like me at my unhealthiest. <laughs> like, yeah. That's scary because the, the norm, the average is this. And so what I'm doing in four months, yes, is extreme. What you guys did on the TV show in four months is extreme, but people live that lifestyle for years, four years, you know, 14 years, you know, and then before you know it, they're 60 pounds overweight mm -hmm. with all these health issues, and, but it creeps up on you. This is what's so hard about it is like, it's not like you eat unhealthy one day and you feel like you're going to die. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's years of abuse like that to yourself. And then eventually your body's pretty resilient. It can keep itself healthy for a long period of time, but after so much, it can only take so much damage, you know? Yeah. This time around too, you're doing it a little bit, a little bit different. You actually started experimenting with different diets. So, yes. you know, you're known for your keto, but you experimented with a dirty keto and then you did a dirty vegan, you did dirty kind of, yeah. uh, dirty diets of all mm -hmm. the diets that are out there right now what made you think of that that's very clever and um was there any interesting findings from all the different dirty diets that you did yeah really really good question so i wanted to make this journey a little bit different than my first journey i wanted to be way more educational for people and so yes i'm a big fan of the ketogenic diet it's great for a lot of people if you do it the right way but what i see in america mostly uh we look at these diets and we think that they're this, you know, fix all thing that's if they magically do this diet, they're magically going to lose weight and then they'll be healthier. But a lot of people just jump into these diets, not really doing their research and be like, oh, I'm a vegan all of a sudden. It's like, okay, but they don't really know <laughs> what that looks like or what that means or how to do it the right way. Same thing with keto. So I wanted to do keto, paleo, vegan, and vegetarian to show the pitfalls and mistakes that people tend to make on these diets mm -hmm. so that people become more educated on what not to do. So I live that dirty diet lifestyle for a week at a time. And it was so interesting um, just to briefly explain what happened. So I did keto first that, and that first week I, you know, I tried to eat a lot of calories on keto, but man, at 5,000 calories, I was so full eating that much fat because fat makes you feel satiated almost to the point where you feel nauseous. So yep. I felt nauseous if I ate too much. And so I couldn't eat as many calories. So I ended up losing weight that week, but my body fat still went up. So even though my weight went down, which is probably mostly water weight when you cut out carbs, yeah. my, body, my body fat accumulation still went up. So that was really interesting. And so I ate a lot of like processed, um, you know, uh, cheap dairies and, and really uh, uh, cheap processed meats like lunch meat, pepperoni, salami, lots of cheeses, lots of nuts and seeds, lots of, um, you know, diet sodas and, um, you know, uh, keto treats that people tend to overeat, like cookies mm -hmm. and cakes nowadays. <laughs> Um, and then I went dirty paleo and paleo was interesting because paleo was mostly whole foods. So there wasn't a lot of like unhealthy paleo. Yeah, treats. How, did was you, like, <laughs> how did you do that dirty? A lot of like paleo pancakes, paleo granola, paleo yeah. bars, uh, you know, lots of fruits, like tons of fruit and, and nuts, which are paleo friendly. But I would just over consume those foods, even though it was higher quality food. So the interesting thing is that my weight went up on paleo but my inflammation on uh, my blood work and certain other markers were actually pretty good. They weren't horrible, you know, cause I was having lots of, you know, real protein and whole foods. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say my health got super bad. 
um, <clears throat> on, on paleo. What's interesting is when I went vegan and ate a lot of the, the plant-based junk foods, which there's so many, so you know, many. things like, <laughs> like Oreos and sodas and, um, uh, you know, lots of treats. There's tons of like vegan ice creams and things like that. So I focus a lot on that stuff because people are like, oh yeah, Oreos are vegan. So I could eat yeah. those all day. Lots of bread, lots of pasta and rice. Yeah. So I did that on vegan. And um, that's where my triglycerides, for example, they started out at 46 when I was, before I started my journey. Mm -hmm. And then uh, went up to 246 before I did dirty keto. When I did dirty keto, it dropped down to 78. Wow. And then my triglycerides after paleo went up to like 150 so not horrible mm -hmm. but then on ve vegan dirty vegan they went up to 430 yeah. and then on dirty vegetarian was even worse was like tons of like mac and cheese and bean <laughs> and cheese burritos and like the same types of foods yeah, yeah. um but with dairy in it <laughs> and my triglycerides went up to the 500s which wow. is really scary you know you want your triglycerides to be under 100 yeah. Um, just to be safe and uh, it's cholesterol levels. Did you check on all of them or did it not make much of a difference? I did. I did. And I can pull up some of those. It wasn't like a huge change like you yeah. would think it would be. The, the biggest thing that changed was my triglycerides and my HDL. So my, my total cholesterol, even though I was eating a lot of these processed uh, junk foods, Mm -hmm. my, my total cholesterol went up slightly on, on keto, which is expected because I'm eating a ton of fat, right? Yeah. But, and the, but my HDL went up as well. So your good cholesterol went up too. Yeah. But then on vegan, uh, my cholesterol, total cholesterol dropped, but then my HDL, my good cholesterol dropped really low as well, but my triglycerides yeah. spiked. So that's what I want to tell people when they do you know, these diets. If you just go off cholesterol, that's not the end all be all. You got to yeah. look at some other important factors okay. and... Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was really, really interesting data. And I wanted to, like I said, make it more educational. And what I plan on doing, Fallon, on the journey back to fit mm -hmm. is revisit those diets, uh, but teach people how to do them the right. healthy way, the proper way of doing them. Yep. Yeah, I think that's so important because, you know, I had done keto for years. That was like mm -hmm. my jam. And, you know, I was struggling the first year I did well, and then I was struggling. I just couldn't get the weight off, and I would have a lot of clients doing the same, and especially yeah. girls. And you know, it's because we were eating such high-fat, you know, dairy and such like yeah. processed meats. I'm currently <laughs> vegan now, but even now, as a vegan, you know, you have to be careful because, like yeah. you said, you can. I mean, I know vegans who don't even touch vegetables. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be vegan if you're not going to eat a vegetable, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's important of how you, you know, I think even paleo, um, paleo um, yeah. I think even that, you know, that's probably the most natural way, but even yeah. that you said how you could do paleo pancakes and yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful. So yeah, that's, I like that you're doing that though, because I think it's yeah. going to be eye-opening. <clears throat> A lot of people and I love that you're including people in your journey because yes. first time around you did it by yourself on both sides yeah right yeah. so I guess how many people do you have signed up or do you have a cap on it or can people still join you yeah no there's no cap people can join me from all over the world um, I don't know the exact number but it's uh it's probably close to 10,000 people that have like signed up yeah that so, but, but our email list of people that have signed up for the actual entire journey is probably, yeah, I would say maybe closer to 50,000. Wait, what do you mean the entire journey? So people that, so people that want to sign up and actually uh, do like download the app 
and get oh, access to my exact meal plans. Fat with you and then oh no 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 <laughs> no sorry no one's getting i don't recommend getting fat with me maybe there are some people out there doing that yeah, part <laughs> i was like you probably had people hate you up too to get Guess I have had people ask me if they like can do it with me and I'm like look I wouldn't recommend it you yeah. I know you think it's gonna be fun and easy and like yeah. like we thought on the, yeah. the are you, like you guys thought on the TV show <laughs> you're like man what did I what did I sign up for <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I had an interesting situation um, after the show aired uh -huh. I mean people loved me when I got fit but I had a lot of people that loved me when I was at my fattest and yes. it was like, it was, it was interesting. Do you find people, like, are you getting people gravitate towards you um, right now? And are they saying like, you should stay this weight? And, it, and not that I loved myself at every size, but I knew yeah. I wasn't healthy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know I have. People are like, oh man, you should stay this weight for a few years and get a feel for it. I'm like, man, you guys don't understand. Like, it's cool to eat whatever you want. It, it's not so much about being overweight. Like, that's the thing is like, it's not so much like I hate my body. It's just I don't like the way I feel. Like, like you said, the feel, the the feeling of being healthy is what I miss. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like having lots of energy and not being exhausted and have brain fog all day long and just like your mood has changed. Like, I want to feel healthy. It's not so much about the looks, but yeah, I have people that say, you know, you're oh, you're so much more fun when you're when you're fat. <laughs> like, you know, they don't feel as judged. They don't feel as intimidated. And yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. You know, so. And I think too, um, when I was on my fat journey, I feel like, you know, my fit friends, they didn't care for me anymore because I wasn't working out with them. I wasn't, you know, yeah. <laughs> meal prepping and all that stuff. But but then my friends who like love to drink, they were like, Yay, Fallon is yeah. and you know, so it's it's interesting the company you keep and how it affects them and you know, that saying you are like within the five people that you hang around with you're like yeah. them and i yeah. think that's true because i definitely lost some friends during the fat stage of my journey but um i have a couple more questions sure um your girls you mentioned that <laughs> you are much more cranky uh, as a dad um but what vital lessons did you want to show your daughters through this journey because you often always talk about your daughters and how important being a father is what yeah. do you want them to take away from this you know it's so funny we had a very uh you know interesting sit down between me their mom my girlfriend at the time obviously and 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 my ex's fiance to kind of discuss okay what do we want to uh, protect our girls from during this journey because obviously there's gonna be a ton of junk food in my house. My ex isn't, uh, she's not as strict on food as, as I am, like I'm more of a health nut and that's just kind of how it goes. But I didn't want them to fall into this uh, mindset of like, hey, you know, daddy's eating this food, now he's overweight and he's less than or he's not as good as he used to be. Like I don't want it to, to for them to make it about good food versus bad food, but I wanted to make it about health. And so for them, you know, there's a lot of education that goes into me explaining to them because they're nine and 11 now versus back when I did it, they were two and like a newborn. So I controlled everything they ate. <clears throat> so I knew they were going to want the, the junk food <laughs> like I was eating, yeah. but I really wanted to show them what this stuff does to you. Not so much as far as my belly goes, but I wanted them to notice my mood and the way I showed up and my patience and all those things. I wanted them to be very aware and observant of that to show them like, hey, look, when I eat this food, it doesn't just make me my belly grow. So it's been interesting having them watch me, you know, of course they're funny and they're like, I want to eat that. I'm like, I know you do, but this is what it's doing to me. Like it, it affects my sleep. It affects my mood. And like 
my patients. And so that's why they say like, we want you to eat healthy again, because we want this, you know, nicer version of, of their dad. But it's not like I'm just like this horribly awful person. Yeah. There's moments, there's teaching moments in this journey for them. And I feel like I'm doing the best job I can to really show them <clears throat> on one side, eating this way affects your mind like this. And then when I go back to eating healthy and working out, it's like, hey, do you notice that I have more energy now? Do you notice that I'm more patient with you guys? Um, I seem a little bit happier. It's because of these foods and the type of lifestyle that I'm living. So I really want them to see both sides of it so they can, you know, not, not be afraid to eat this food ever again, but just to say, okay, I can see what overconsumption of this food can do to my dad. And, you know, I don't want it to affect me that way, but I do let them indulge in treats. It's not like I don't let them yeah. eat these foods at all. And it's been really interesting because I've found myself getting lazier with what I feed them. You know, the, like now that I'm yeah, at my biggest. It's a meal prep for them. Yes. Here's some macaroni and cheese. Go. Yes. And I feel guilty about that because I'm like, man, I signed up for this journey thinking I would still make time for them to eat their healthy food, but I just haven't had that, the, the, the power, the energy to do that. Like, I just don't have the energy to make something like salmon and broccoli for them. And then I got to make my mac and cheese. It's, um, yeah, it's been really hard. Like I thought I was going to do much better, but I, I think in the end, my kids will see it for what it, for what it is. And they will come out of this a lot more educated, at least. <clears throat> I, um, I part-time, I'm a health coach for kids. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time in my life that I've ever worked with children when it comes yeah. to like nutrition and exercise. And it's been so eye-opening because I'm not a mom yet. And, yeah. you know, I have so many parents that will come to me and say, listen, my kid needs to lo lose weight and they eat like crap, fix them. But when I coach them, it's like, okay, well, why did you have McDonald's for lunch? Well, that's what mommy brought me. There's yeah. no fruit in the house. Yeah. There's no vegetables in the house. And it just like really broke my heart. You know, yeah. it's like as a parent, your influence is so important when it comes to, you know, how your children are going to have a relationship with food, but their health. Yeah. So when you have kids who are diabetic at, you know, 10 years old or pre-diabetic, you know, you really can't blame the child, you know, wholeheartedly because as the parent, you're in charge of what they eat and what they don't eat. And especially, you know, with my kids, we have a time limit on tablets and on phones yeah. because I want them exercising and running and playing and getting some vitamin D. And so, yeah, that was really eye-opening for me um, just as a health coach to kids and even teaching them, like you said, you know, I don't want to teach them like what's, this is bad food and this is good food, but it's more yeah. so you know, we can treat ourselves, but we can't do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. What have the other cast members from both season, have they reached out to you? What are they thinking <laughs> of what you're doing? Are they like, oh my goodness, you're crazy? They, most of the ones that have reached out to me have said, I have PTSD watching you because <laughs> they, they see all the struggles that are happening to me and they're like, oh, PTSD, that's what happened to them. And so it's, it's really been right, really eye-opening for them and entertaining to see someone else go through it besides them. Because yeah. I think maybe some of the people saw me when I did in 2011, but not a lot of people did. Yeah. So they saw themselves go through that. And then here we are, what, five years later now oh, after, yeah. after season one, uh, me doing this again is just very eye-opening for a lot of the the contestants on the show but that a lot of them are rooting me on and they're like really supportive even though it's a crazy idea um 
but I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think they know I'm suffering a lot. Like, I don't think they see me and they're like, oh, it's so easy for Drew. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah, I remember having the diary cams, which is probably yeah. similar to what you're doing because we couldn't post about it because we were filming the yes. show. Yeah, but, that's so true. You know, you're having to post about it. And I just remember <clears throat> like not wanting to post, like, I mean, not post, to film. Yeah. Producers are like, you have to film, you have to, and like, I just break down crying on camera and they were like, that was awesome. And I'm like, I don't want you to put that on TV. Yeah. Yeah. So I how remember. Has, how has that, that experience been being vulnerable, but on camera now? Because again, before only your family saw you experience yeah. this journey. How has that been with having the whole world, you know, witness you being vulnerable? It's been really hard. I've had moments where I've, told my audience, like, I have to check out because this, like, especially going through my breakup, there was times where I was just so, like, sad and depressed about my situation, about obviously where I was mentally and physically. And I was like, I don't have the capacity to go on social media and be like, hey guys, I'm so happy today. Like, yeah, let's, not, let's yeah. get motivated. And I would, the cool thing about this journey, this setup is we, I do have the camera set up in the house. But it's not like the producers are pushing me or anyone's telling me that like this isn't for TV. Yeah. So I get to control what I record, but it's there. And we haven't even released a ton of the footage on social media. We probably won't happen until later on if, oh. if we make a documentary out of this. Yeah. So I can go and do a confessional video knowing that, that that won't see the light of day for months or even maybe a year or two later. But I did check out of social media during those moments of just being so down on myself I'm just like I can't I can't do this and I think that it it, it makes it, it it makes me more relatable people are like dude I totally get it I understand like like I, I do the same thing and so it, it makes the whole journey a little bit more human a little bit more relatable if I do do that versus like hey guys I'm pretending to be happy even though I just went through a breakup let's focus yeah, on macros today and you know what I'm saying like <laughs> yeah. it's just um it's more real and so um, but I do have, the show does have to go on eventually. I do have to show up eventually. That's why me doing the work on myself and, you know, meditating and going to therapy has been really helpful to, or still go forward instead of stopping and quitting, you know? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about predictions for okay. getting fit <laughs> portion. Um, do you predict it's going to be easier than the getting the fat portion? uh it's so different because the getting fat portion is hard i think mentally physically yeah. you feel like you know blah you feel like gross but mentally it's hard because you're you're so used to uh not feeling that way you're so used to not eating that much food and so the journey back to fit is hard physically though mm -hmm. um it's hard physically and you know like remember your first workout back to fit i wasn't on the beach <laughs> Was, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness like it was I was so embarrassed because yeah. you know JD was there watching me and like the crew and I'm like I can't even do 10 push-ups. Yeah. this is pathetic yeah it's so humbling it, not just physically but also mentally you're like mentally uh, I shouldn't be this out of shape but it's it's such a hard journey back because you lose all your strength and you lose all your endurance. You have to start from the bottom. Yeah, you lose all that muscle. And so to go back and try and work out like you used to is so hard. And it's not like overnight, the next day, you're all of a sudden 20 pounds less and you're ripped again. It is a slow journey to lose that weight again, but it, it makes you such a more empathetic trainer, I feel like that process, because you're like, man, 
as a trainer and you've been in shape for 10 years of your life and you're like, look, here's the workout, just do it. Like, stop complaining. Like, why are you, why aren't, why aren't you pushing yourself? Push yourself, you know? And then you go and do the workout yourself. You're like, oh my gosh, what? Like, I, like you understand their situation so much better. So it is hard physically, but it's also hard mentally to be disciplined because I've trained my brain to be undisciplined now to the point where I'm lazy. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm just not going to shower today. Like, who cares? Like, you know, or I'm not going to make my bed or I'm not going to meal prep or go grocery shopping. I'm just going to order out. And like, I find my, my brain getting lazier with little decisions so that when the, it comes to getting back to fit, the little decisions like, oh, waking up early. Oh, going to the gym. Oh, meal prepping. You know, all those little things that you need to do all of a sudden become hard for you because you've trained your brain to be lazy. And now all of a sudden you got to train it to be disciplined. That's where a lot of people struggle. A lot of people struggle with the discipline of living a healthy lifestyle day in and day out because they've been practicing some form of laziness for the past 20, 30 years. And now they're like, all right, this is my year. I'm going to do it. And then you can have the best intentions and, you know, try and willpower your way to living a healthy lifestyle consistently. But there's days where you're like, you know what? I'm freaking tired and this is hard and I'm not seeing results on the scale. So screw it. Give me some wine, give me some chocolate, give me some cake, you know? And so that's what happened. Yeah. I like that. You said you're the first week, you're just going to walk. Yes. I love that. You know, you've been through it before. So, you know, like baby steps, (laughs) even going back into it. And I think that's where people struggle as they go full throttle and then they smack hit the ground and then they're like, I don't want to do this anymore, you know? And I think if they had take it, you know, step by step, baby steps, then it would be much, much easier. Okay. So if you gain 10 more pounds, you'll be up to, you said 60, 66 pounds if I gain 10 more pounds. Okay. So then that means you have to lose 66 pounds in that same amount of time. Yes. This might be a selfish question, but <laughs> you are now single. Do you think it's going to be easier to lose the weight because all you have to do is focus on yourself? <laughs> yes and no. There's still going to be the emotional turmoil of, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm fully recovered from the yeah. breakup. It's not like I'm like, oh, I'm broken up and the next day I'm healed. Like I still have a lot of healing to do. Yeah. Yes, in, a, in the sense that I, I have all the time in the world to focus on myself. Mm-hmm. But no, in the sense that there will be moments of feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. There will be moments of feeling unfulfilled, even though I'm eating healthy and, and all that stuff. I don't know. How was it for you going through a breakup? Maybe I should ask you and then give me some advice of how did you, did you get back like to being happy right away or once you got back to fit? You know, um, we were like, you know, when you know it's over, but you're together with somebody, we were oh, at yeah. that stage at the end, but yeah. What helped me was I started doing Bikram yoga. I would wake okay. up at five in the morning. Yeah. And you know, you're just kind of meditating, but you're in a heated room. So you're just yeah. like, in and, <laughs> and I would walk out of there just like all my stress for the day, just like away. And then, yeah. you know, I would do workouts later. But I think um, for me, it was an unhealthy relationship. So not that it was easy, but afterwards, you know, when it's not healthy, yeah. you know, when something's toxic, like the food, yeah. you know, once it comes out of your system, sometimes you, you, you know, you miss that bad food, yeah. but you know, it's not good for you. <laughs> yeah. You don't go back. You feel healthier. You feel, yeah. so I think 
you know, I don't know what your relationship was like, but mine was toxic. So for me, it was kind of a, uh, like, you know, better yeah. thing for me at the end. Yeah. So I, I think it, it, it can be easier in the sense that I can focus all the attention on myself uh, to get back to fit. But, you know, I want people to understand, like, the way I'm doing it is not extreme. Like, I know some guys on the show, they worked out three times a day. They, mm -hmm. you know, were super strict with every, like, for me, I wanted to make it accessible so that your average person could do it. Because, like, you know, not everyone has three hours to work out at the gym, you know. Yeah. So one workout a day, five days a week for anywhere from 20 minutes on the low end to 45 minutes on the high end, mm -hmm. I plan on doing those same workouts that everyone else can do with me yeah. to show people that it doesn't have to be this extreme thing. I know a lot of like, uh, you know, JJ was one of my friends on the show and he's like, I'm working out three days, you know, three times a day, you know, two hour sessions. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. But I'm sure you'll get back to fit in no time. Yeah. I wanted to make it more relatable for people following me to say, Hey, I got 20, 30 minutes a day. I have five days a week, like Monday through Friday to do the workouts and, and I'll do my best at meal prepping. So yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. For me, I remember when I would work out two times a day, I feel like I actually wouldn't lose as much weight. Yeah. I feel like I did better. Like towards the end, I was just so burnt out that yeah. I was walking more. I would do a 30 minute workout and I would just really focus on food. And I think sometimes when you overwork, you yeah. are putting so much stress on the body <clears throat> and especially yeah. a woman's body. I feel like, you know, you got a bunch of hormones, you know, running through yeah. you. And I think, you know, you have to kind of listen to your body. I would even yeah. sleep more and lose more weight because yeah. I was getting adequate sleep. So my body could break down and recover and build muscle. So I love that you are <clears throat> realistic with this portion of it. So tell yeah. us more about the trip that somebody can win to Utah and work yeah. <laughs> train them. Are you training them at your fat journey or at the end? So it'll be at the end. Once I'm back to fit, it'll be okay. because that's the thing. It's like, uh, the whole goal is to get people to do the journey with me for the full four months, right? And then after the four months, we'll pick a winner, and then that winner will be flown out to Utah, to Park City, Utah, which is beautiful. It's where, um, uh, what do you call it? What's that film festival? Uh, Sundance Film yeah. Festival, where you know a lot of celebrities come during the winter time. Yeah. Um, so it's a beautiful place, and it's beautiful in the spring and summertime. And so we're gonna uh, fly that person and, and their significant other, whoever they want to bring out for, I think five days, and we'll put you up at a really nice hotel. Um, and then there'll be, yeah, some one-on-one -on -one sessions with me, like working out, we'll go on hikes, we'll do some really cool retreat type stuff. Um, and then like, you know, obviously wine and dine them with lots of good food and massages and all the spa services and all those things. And it's gonna be really cool, really exciting for people to say, you know, hey, not only can I do this journey with Drew and, and you know, do the exact same program he's doing, because that's the thing that's so unique about the Fit to Fit to Fit movement that you did, Fallon, is like, when ever do you see a personal trainer purposely put themselves out of shape to kind of go on that journey with their clients? Mm -hmm. um, you don't really don't see that. You see most trainers leading from the front where, hey, I'm ripped, I'm fit, and you're not, so I'm going to lead you this way. It's a different kind of approach to leadership. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the, you know, most of the clients, JD obviously dropped out, mm -hmm. most of the clients respected their trainers so much more. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's so cool and unique about this journey of, of I'm the trainer, but I'm leading from the back this time, you know? 
And how so, are you going to determine who you're picking? Are you going to do it by body fat, by how they look, by pounds? What's it's the criteria? Good question. It's a good question. It's a combination of their not just physical transformation, but their mental and emotional transformation. So each person has has to submit a video of their journey at the end, and we'll hear their stories. And so it's not just whoever loses the most weight. Like I don't believe in that because I know a lot of people know how to manipulate their bodies to win these types of competitions. But for me, it's more so the story of what they went through to and those who have overcome some hard things in their life, that will be a huge factor as well. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I think that just kind of ties into your whole like goal is the empathy. And when you hear somebody's story, yeah. You begin to understand their pain and what they're going through. So I love that you added that portion to it. Well, I am so excited <laughs> Thank to watch this journey unveil <laughs> and me not have to be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, where can people find you online? Where can people join in? Is it too late to join in? Can they still join in now? Yeah, they can still join in. So my website is fit to fat to fit.com. And that's with the number two. Uh, so fit number two, fat number two, fit.com. And then all my social media handles are fit to fat to fit, just like the website. It's all the same so that you could just easily find me. Um, and yeah, you can still sign up. The, the journey back starts January 4th, technically. Um, that's when I start working out. But between December 27th, which is my 40th birthday, and January 3rd, like that whole week is a mental preparation week. So you probably want to go sign up now so you don't miss out on all the tips, tricks, and hacks that I do that week to prepare myself mentally and physically for the journey of exercising eventually and meal prepping and all that stuff. I love that. Okay, everybody <laughs> go sign up. I can't wait to watch. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. I feel like this is a fit to fat reunion. Yes. And chat and um, yeah, I'm gonna be watching. Happy early birthday. And um, you guys out there, you can follow me at fitwithfallon.com or at fitwithfallon on social media. Thank you for listening to the Fit With Fallon podcast and I will see mm -hmm. you Tuesday here, same place, same time. See you later.